welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. Spooky Haunted Lighthouses is like a, a sub-sub-sub-genre. <laughs> Dude, I forgot about the whole, like, window thing. That was spooky as hell. <laughs> yeah, way to make a window terrifying. Right? And then, like, and then Thermoshar drops the bomb, like, oh, there are no windows here. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no, it's so much worse. Mm-hmm. So we're discussing uh, chapters 7 through 12. A lot of cone action happening yes, here. Yes, cone thirsting immediately for Gallon. Which, like, yeah, fair. He is damaged in all of these interesting <laughs> ways. Apparently cone likes the guy who hangs out outside the malt shop with his he, hair slicked back. and his Leather jacket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lots of Gallon and Shalorn being awesome and cute. Super cute. Oh my god. Like, murder besties. <laughs> Can we just, like, start beginning, since we're talking about Cone, rather than talking about summarizing how fucked up Cone is? This dude oh, needs therapy dude. so bad. Like, this is what I was thinking about all while I was reading these chapters. So up until now, the main uh, like story of sexuality in these is Kieran coming to terms with him being bisexual or pan, whatever he refers to it. But there's no like, it's just that like for the first three books, there's no Kieran being like, oh, being bisexual or gay in any way is wrong. It's just that I'm not. And then him figuring it out that he is. And there's no, like, there's internalized denial, but we don't see um, this internalized homophobia that has, like, that core has put into Kieran. Like, there's none of that. Cone is totally different he's in a totally different scenario of being messed up by his upbringing and being in core not only he is in de in denial about his own to the point where he thinks he doesn't you know he doesn't run with he doesn't run with stallions or mares he's, like, he's he like has convinced himself he's asexual yeah right. he's insistent upon it which, we should be clear, would be totally fine, except that he's not, and religion and culture get into it, and it's super sad. Yeah, and it's, like, to the point where, you know, Relisvar is like, oh, Galen likes men, and Shalorn likes women. And Cone is like, oh, but Gal Galen is so nice to Shalorn, how could he be into men? Like, that's how messed up he is, where he can't understand normal human friendship that's like oh he wouldn't be that nice to women if he wasn't into them and his and wife it's like, is so hot she's right. so beautiful like how could he not be into her yeah definitely conditioned yeah it's it's really uh the saddest part about this book in particular well maybe these chapters there's there's gonna be a lot of sad things about this book but yeah yeah like it's it, being in somebody's head is always, like, so much sadder when they're, like, beating themselves up for something or, like, denying something. And I'm like, no, don't do it. It's okay, Pat Pat. A little Cone. Yeah. So this is the first time that we've had Cone's uh, POV or, like, really seen him since his betrayal in book two yeah. also. So this is... You know, in typical Gen Lions fashion, just throwing you right in there. <laughs> yeah, because this is only a week after a treaty, I think. Is like when we kind of first pick up with him, 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 him uh, 
he and Rowan Spar are in the capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the training is also only, like, I think a week after the Hell March, too. No, it's like two days. Yeah, those two are days. close together. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how long exactly they were in the mantle, because I feel like that was longer. That was at least a couple weeks, this right? This is happening concurrently with that. Concurrently. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah, cone stuff is. Yeah. But then when they're in the tower, that's like a couple weeks. Right? Yeah, that's four weeks. Okay. No, sorry, that's four weeks after the Battle of the Wells spirals. Right. So, and I think I want to say, I think, I feel like I remember that like book three spans like four months or something. Okay. Yeah, so so no matter how your timelines arrange in your head, it's all very condensed. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, so, yeah for, for memory's sake, so Cone is like fresh off his betrayal of Janelle at this point, basically. And it's, vice versa, Janelle, not very happy with Cone. Yeah. Yeah. As we see from the tower. Although, you know, like, considering Janelle, she's keeping together pretty well. She's got other things to be concerned about. Like, I feel like she's doing her, like, stallion leader thing, where she's like, I need to keep it together because I'm these people's leader. Mm-hmm. And then she doesn't keep it together when uh, Terraith collapses. Yeah. Yeah, this is one week after the destruction of Trini that we get Cone. I just looked it up. So yeah, so he's like, not only is he, like, you know, raw from this betrayal, he's also, like, he's basically just found out that Father Zajira is Rolosvar, and he's, like, processing that, and, like, you know, even at the beginning of his POV, there's the bit where, like, you know, it says Father Zajira, and then it's crossed out, and says Rolosvar, mm-hmm. and, like, so he's also, like, coming to terms with, like, my entire religion and life has been a lie. I have been manipulated literally my entire life to do what Rolosvar wanted me to do. But also, I right now, at least he's like, I think that this is what we need to be doing, and I'm on his side. Uh, and, and it made me betray my best friend. So he's he's not in a great headspace. Yeah. When we talked about that in book two, we referred to the period of, um, you know, when Cone was gauged and Relisvar was like, easing him into this betrayal like we refer to it as grooming but as like we could tell from these point of views Relisvar has been doing this for a long time he has been training and grooming Cone to be the perfect little consultant slash like confidant like he has basically used Cone and this religion to make this kind of, you know, easy to talk to spy. Yeah. And is definitely <laughs> screwed up Cone immensely. And it, and it makes me wonder if the reason why Cone tells his part of the story in the name of all things in uh, the third person is to sort of keep him away from his own thoughts, kind of. Like, I wonder if Jen Lyons thought about that, like, when she was, um, like, at what, what point did she really think about Cone as a character, um, in this way? Was it already planned in book two, or is this sort of, like, where it evolved to as she was writing? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, how much Cone can or cannot kind of cope with being himself or Galen for that matter Galen doesn't really like being himself either he clearly hates his position his role in society all that good stuff as we saw from that extremely great speech oh, so one bad. of my favorite moments I, I agree with Senere's footnote I also wish I could have been there for this yes <laughs> No time like a funeral to make your your feelings known. Yeah, he wakes up and he is like instantly hit with like, oh, I'm the High Lord now and that sucks. And B, everything about the Kur and this whole system is terrible. And he oh, thinks his brother doesn't care about him. The one person yes. he's been counting on. <laughs> the, yeah. the moment when like, he doesn't find out till they're in the lighthouse that you yeah. about him. I do love that like Talia is us. Like she has like read the books and remembers all the yeah. details. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. But from Galen's perspective, he's like, Kieran's left him behind twice now. So that's, yeah. that's pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah, we only get like a brief moment where he's like, oh, he ran away again. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. uh, it's not brought up. Yeah. Well, and that's the moment when, like, Cone realizes, oh, Relisvar wants me to get close to him because he's Kieran's brother. Like, and he's like, it always comes back to Kieran. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Relisvar doesn't tell him that explicitly or anything explicitly, except what to do. There's no why. And Cone immediately assumes that he's, like, being shunted off to the side, which is sad, but also... He has no way to tell. Relosvar is just a dick. He's just basically doing the same thing as he did as Father Zajera put in Cone with Janelle. Because now, here's, except for now, Cone is self aware about who Father Zajera is and what the whole situation is. It's just the same oh, gain his confidence, learn all his secrets. Betray him, betray him later. Yeah, like, um, when they find out, oh no, sorry, I'm getting my wires crossed here. Although, not dissimilar. So, uh, not dissimilar to Kalindra, who, like, gets, you know, placed with the Milligrees by Thane, mm-hmm. and when they kind of find out, I, I forget who confronts her, uh, about, uh, about being a plant, basically. And she's like, no, uh, I, I must be Galen. Galen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's like, you know, Jareth was never my target. And then he asks, yeah, but if Thane, would Thane have told you that? No. And if she had asked it, would you have been able to say no? Probably also no. So, like, they're not in dissimilar, like, Conan and Kalinda are not in dissimilar positions where, like, they're placed somewhere, you know, as a mission and not really told everything or anything, and they're now kind of, like, reaping the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. The one thing in Ralph Farr's favor in in that comparison is that Thane could compel Kalindra, as we learned in the last book yeah. with Therese, to do those actions. Yeah. While... Cone technically has a choice. It's just that he's been groomed by Relisfar to not think he has a choice. Yeah, he's only like newly ungaged, too. Like he's only been ungaged for like a week and a half at this point. It was so sad in like modern, like in the present time when Cone is when we get Cone's point of view, and he's like. Why would Senere betray Relisvar, the smartest person in the world? I don't understand. And yes, he doesn't have all the information right now, but the fact that he could go through what we know he goes through from this entire book to when they get taken to Shadjargor and still be like, why would anyone ever betray Rallis Far? Is it's this uh, he just makes yeah. me sad? Yeah. When like yeah. the first time I read book two, I was like mad that he betrayed Janelle. Yeah, and I I was too. I think knowing the arc now, it's a little bit easier to take, hmm. but and and a little bit weirder to know that everybody's like yelling at him, but all the. All the Kieran stuff where he is fighting back and forth um, with Valkaroth uh, makes a lot more sense in a way. Because all of his friends are kind of bad people. Like, either by some, like, magical compulsion or cultural conditioning or religious function. Like, they've all done stuff they're really not proud of. And, like, how do you redeem a world and fix everything if you can't even like repair these relationships so that that battle 
I think is and and also knowing that they're they're friend fighting <laughs> makes a little bit more sense. Like the first time I was just like this is weird. Well, turn page. But like what characters from this book could we pluck out from Shadow Gore and then place in here and replace that you could say, "Oh yeah, they're a good person." There's like not there's not I don't I can't think of a named character that's still alive that you could really take one of these out and put in their place and say yeah they're a good character I mean everybody in core participates in a scenario where you create slaves through demon and it's, while the nobles have more ability to do that. They're all living under a, like a uh, messed up society. It's just that uh, these people being part of a, you know, the the high profile characters, they're more in scenarios where you could judge them based on their choices. You know what I mean? Am I explaining? Am I saying yeah, that like there's right? no ethical right. consumption under capitalism um, <laughs> yeah exactly but also like these these specific people all have their own deeper personal reasons have for having done fucked up things and like you know balancing that i mean that yeah that's like you said like that's what volkarath and kieran are like debating out right is like does doing some bad things with bad intentions sometimes ca- counteract doing good things too and like kieran keeps trying to yeah kieran like trying to show like nice happy thing like he like kieran is the one that like shows gallon coming back to life and like oh it's so sweet and like him and shalorin are great and the detalises are really cute and supportive <laughs> and and then yeah volkarath is like yeah but also they're pieces of shit yeah i think it's in these chapters that i realized that the whole debate thing was never gonna work because, like, you could tr- you could trust anybody's intentions. Yeah. And Kieran and, points that out. Yeah. And, like, Volkaroth is, like, the ent- like an entity of despair and betrayal. Like, he's not going to come around. Right. And he's also not fighting fair. Yeah, he has an advantage. He can hurt yeah. those people. There's nothing really... Like they even like talk about it. Kieran has no the one bargaining chip Kieran thinks he has is is like, oh, you need me in order to stop Vellos Far. And, you know, Valkaroff's counterpoint is is like, Yeah, but no matter how this goes, I'm gonna get you anyway. Yeah, exactly. Which I guess is like the major conflict of the story to begin with, is like, how does Kieran get out of this? On the subject of the Detalises, I just wanted to point out early on, the prose refers to uh, Shaloran's mother as, quote, the divinely exquisite Lasora. I also and I was wrote just this like, down. Ah, I see what you did there. Lady there. Yeah. Oh, and then the, he- the bit where uh, she says to uh, her husband, she's your child. Heroism never came from my side of the family. Yeah. I laughed and laughed and laughed. And Sanari has that note of like, you have no idea how true that is. <laughs> yeah, no, the Detalises immediately rule. Uh, it is an extreme bummer that like getting a hug after dying is like an emotional surprise for Galen. Or he's yeah. like, oh, this is a lot. It's like, yeah, dude, you just died. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange to experience these Galen chapters because it's like for us Darzan has been dead for like two books yeah and for Galen Darzan's been dead um he doesn't even he didn't, even, origi- he didn't yeah. even originally know yeah. that Darzan was dead yeah and I was like oh yeah Darzan fuck that guy <laughs> what is it what is to say like the best thing my father ever did was die quickly like hell yeah so now that I think about it, Galen should give Kieran a little bit of a break, considering he's wanted for killing the Emperor. Yeah! Uh, he ran away again. 
Well, yeah. Well, I, guess, I don't think he knows that part yet. There's wanted posters. Oh, okay. I missed that then. And he's he was best friends with uh, Horan Milagrese's son. Also, I just, I only just realized in this book when Corn when we get Kalindra's chapter. Why does Corn Milagrese try to solve all his family's problems by sending them away? <laughs> the first book, he sends he sends Jareth away to oh, yes. like do he do, does the military thing mm-hmm. like he has a military mission to send him away then he sends away Kalindra uh, and Elador and, got sent away too I think right yeah, he just sends them all away yeah, that's the yeah. solution for everything <laughs> to, and which makes him predictable to the point where Thane is able to plant Kalindra with Jareth right silly Although I do enjoy Elador coming back and being like, hey, with Shaloran. I love oh, that Shaloran. Yes. Oh, they're fighting in the, <laughs> with throwing in the bar. Oh, you always just say your wife has great tits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's Cone. It's Cone seeing this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's like, there's no way Shaloran likes women. Like, give me <laughs> a break, right? man. And then I think Gal- Galen is like, so they tell me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, some nice nice levity after yes. dying. Needed levity. Mm-hmm. Of two sad boys. Yes. How cool is Shalorin's fan that we Dude, see? So cool. I like that weapon. That was a good choice. Yeah. Like yeah. it has like little spikes in it that she magically like puts them into the other person and they like burst out. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and then they just like fly back and sit in the fan again. It's awesome. Yeah, and the way they describe it is like Cone like kneeling down trying to heal this person and he's looking up at Shaloran as she does this. It's a very yeah, oh and the guy's like trying to cut open his own throat to like get the metal out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kinda rough. I appreciate it. Kind of rough. Yeah. I mean, if your if your father is the emperor's armorer, you have gotta have the best mm-hmm. and coolest stuff. So yeah, I'm glad that it's made of like Shanatha too, which is like I think we covered in in book two is like super light and strong. Like it's like the mm. mithril of this world. Yeah. yeah. Or the unobtainium of choice. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the Detalises, like Shalor and Lasorl and, uh, God, what's the dad's name? Something with a K? Varric. Varric, thank you. Varric all rock up and are immediately awesome. Which, I, they are, objectively, but also the bar sometimes in this series is so low. <laughs> Fair. It's just like they gave him a hug, and I'm like, best parents right? of the year. Oh, a supportive family? You immediately go to the top of the character list. You're not literally the goddess of betrayal? Huh. Okay. Nice. Okay. If we were ranking parents in these books, oh, can you think of any parents higher Ooh. than these two? Janelle's like parents who raised her were pretty good, but I guess we don't see them. So it's hard to say. I mean, uh, my God, Kieran's foster father. Yeah, Serja really good dude. Serja, right? Yeah. Corn Milligree's not a bad dad to his main children. I don't like as him. much as he does, just... like send them away all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't have like a good reason to. You know <laughs> what it is? You know why I don't like Corn Milligree's? Because he's all rah rah Empire good. Yeah, yeah, he's a like cop. he lit. He's literally bought, like completely bought into the propaganda, even though he is surrounded by people that know the truth that Kor is just Kor yeah. was just made in order to keep Valkaroff imprisoned, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, he Empire, so we rule. Oblivious of so many things, like you fathered a child with a goddess, like, and he's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, she's running around and she's over there wrecking house right now, so... And she's got your eyes. Yeah. Own up. 
The o- my only Corn Miller Grease moment that I like really loved him was when he was shitting on the Devorn prophecies, and he, he was drinking, and he oh, goes, yes. "My drink is empty, as was foretold." <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think he is. I think he's another classic example, though, of like a basically good dude in a yeah. really bad place. Yeah, because like. He could retire and abdicate responsibility, but then that makes him shitty too. Or he can try to control, like, one part of the Empire, which is the military, and, like, you know, understand us, they were friends, and, like, maybe he was doing some good. Hard to say. Yeah, I mean, like, I agree, he's probably not... He's probably made a lot of compromises to be in his position, but... I don't know. I also kind of like the befuddled dad character. (laughs) Like the archetype, and he's like just kind of like um, un- unmagical guy in a insane world of magic and gods. Right. The, the sad part is he's still like in the top five parents. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> That's because he doesn't mean anything by it. He's like, uh, go to your room. Uh, go to the countryside. <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, he's like the dad that when his sports team wins. He's like, yeah, we did it. Like, he's part of the team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I not many other parents. He might even be two. That's the sad part. Yeah. Like, it's the, the Talus and then yeah. Corn Miller Grease. <laughs> I mean, I would put Serge at number two. Serge at two, Corn three. Then I think it's a severe drop down very quickly. <laughs> then, it's, then it's also... Like, we don't really know Janelle's parents who raised yeah. her. We don't really... Like, Taya is actually kind of a good mom. She did the best she could. Javon is a decent mom. Like... She did so Taya we, make a deal with a demon for Janelle? Well, maybe. Yeah. She did the best she could to show up when she was able. Zeltaroth thinks she's a good mom. I mean, Zeltaroth also thinks that Babies taste delicious, so yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, there's not a lot of other parents. Yeah, to raise parents. I guess, oh, you know what? Tarendel's a good dad. He's a pretty good dad, yeah. 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 He does his best. Wasn't he an absentee dad? I, now kind I'm of. Volkaroth, and I'm gonna I'm the Volkaroth of parents, <laughs> and I'm gonna take all these. I think, was he not also Tana's dad? Or, like, dad figure? I forget where Tana Milligrees fits into all this. Yeah. Oh, um, bartender. He was the bar... The, yeah. He basically worked... She worked for him in the bar. He yeah. was the owner of the okay, coin yeah. fields. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think he was like a dad figure to her as well. But yeah, I would say he, and he was a decent dad. Santa seems like he might have been a good dad. He was on screen for very little time. And he didn't know his son was alive. But other than those two massive impediments. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Belly. Um, he was a great dad. <laughs> he was such a good dad. Was, yes. <laughs> Warm, caring, socially appropriate. Taught them art. Loved to paint. Great teacher. <laughs> Darson. He was a great dad. No. <laughs> Theron. Yeah. Oh, God. I think I think the more interesting conversation is who's at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, Darzen. like Darzen, Theron, and Cariel definitely near the bottom. They suck a lot. Uh, Thane turns out she sucked a lot. Yeah, anybody who like actively tried to kill their child at one point definitely yep. at the bottom. You know, it's funny too because like Valosvar is not at the bottom. He's like in, he's like towards the middle. Yeah, he's like mid tier, like. Yeah, like he kind of raised Cone, and Cone turned out all right. So well, Sandus is his kid. Oh right, yes. So yeah, like, actually, yeah. he got him like the best. Yeah. <laughs> he, I wonder what involvement Relisfar had in Sandus becoming emperor. Dude, we've talked about this before. Like, I, I wanted, I want that novella. I want that. Like, mm-hmm. what woman gets Relisfar to settle down and start a family, even if? For a brief Even if it doesn't last, yeah. yeah. Do you think I, like he yeah. planned it out? 
Because, like, he knew that, like, the time that, you know, Valkaroth would become free and how much time, like, he has all these plans. He you think like he's, like, out. he has, like, a calendar where he's, like, I have these, like, ten years where I can start a family <laughs> and have a kid. Or it was, like, his biological a- clock is really, and really then, then, then my schedule is all filled up. I'm too busy. Yeah, I was just saying, like, maybe there was just, like, a lull in the schedule. He was, like, I don't know, I'll get a hobby for this, like, span of ten years. I'll have a kid. He named the kid Hobby. Yeah. I, I could see that have been planned, though, right? Like, impregnate lady, get that child to become emperor. Right? Like, that seems like such a, such a like, Tuesday afternoon yeah. for Rilla's far. He's like, oh, one of my kids should be emperor. Yeah, okay. Add yeah. it to the list. You won't know it. He'll have a ring, though. Back to Galen for a little bit. I, I never really thought about it until I read it this time, how jarring or upsetting it must be for he like finds out cone has ulterior motives back to back with finding out that kalindra is not who she says she is Mm -hmm. yeah he's having a trip and And his, his brother is was alive is now dead might be trying to kill him and does care Missed about him him. Yeah, cared <laughs> very deeply for him and like lied to protect him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's going through it. Poor guy. That that that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, well welcome to the main plot, Galen. Strap in. <laughs> Go learn some shit. I do like I do like the easy to follow. Like sometimes I find the plot like the political and economic plots of books, like kind of tedious or hard to follow. So I really liked the way that Lyons did this, where she, where Rillo's far shows up and is like, Hey, you're all out of healers. And that's where your money comes from. Turns yeah. out I have a bunch of healers. Let's subcontract. Yeah. And that's how the Koros healthcare system. <laughs> I do. I like the bit where, uh, so they're like in the carriage and Galen says to Shalor and he's like, oh, they're Vishai priests. You would like them. They don't pay their house dues. They don't charge for healing services. She's like, you're right. I do like them. Uh, it turns out there are no house dues. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, helpful and uh, very also exciting for Shalor because now she can just like openly be a murder magic user. And not have to worry. Not that she had to worry, let's be real. Although I do like the immediate turn, which is so accurate, of, like, the just in a footnote, being like, yeah, they said they couldn't charge for services anymore, but they didn't, the gods didn't say you couldn't charge for education. So wait for those bills to go up. And everyone right. in America is like, oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, the nobles <laughs> still have, you know, privilege above everyone else. Right. Yeah, These books are political, though. Star Trek, also not political. It's famously not. Everything's political. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, the there's the yeah. So there's the the creepy window scene, which we talked about before. We're like, it's like a nice pastoral scene, and then <laughs> it's raining blood, and then Thermoshar's like, there are no windows here, <laughs> and then, yeah, they keep hearing like noises and like whistling and and there's uh, music playing and no one knows where it's coming yes. from Ooh, get ready to pay attention to that in Kalindra's memory uh baby Nikali uh mentions like the doll man like the like the something the doll man came to see him or something Damn and it. she's like yeah 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 <laughs> yeah sure honey yeah. yeah which just proves that all children can see demons it's true yeah and all cats can see ghosts and all the dogs are good boys i think that's it okay great yes so on the subject of valkaroth did steph did you say last time that you kind of saw where this was going yeah i mean like so in the um opening thing where it's the letter that center is writing with her where she like talks about him you know 
going through the lighthouse and they're all sleeping and he's tucking them in. I kind of like pre- pretty quickly. I was like, oh, the plot of this book is going to be like they like go fight Volkaroth in Dream World. Uh, but is, did you see the twist coming of what Volkaroth really was? No, I don't. That think, no. that it was actually Karen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because now, like, um, I'm starting to see like little hints here and there. Like, why did that one? Why did that one? If Balkaroth has all this like advantage over Karen, why did that one memory make Balkaroth mad? If I'm trying to, I think it was Galen's memory where like they go back to Kieran's story and um Kieran notices that uh Valkroff seemed angrier than normal I think I missed that detail yeah yeah nice catch cuz now cuz now it's more of a matter of uh looking for it you know knowing in advance yeah hindsight yeah cuz like knowing Jed Lyons it was highly telegraphed, and we just didn't get it the first time, so... Yep. While you're looking for that, I just want to point out how great it was to have Talon there. It seems like <laughs> just for the purpose of being like, I know what it's like when parts of your mind argue with each other. Mm-hmm. That's all this is. I, I love the Talon reveal, too, where, like, Therese goes and, like, slits her throat... And she like squirts blood and cancer. It's just like you're being so dramatic right now. <laughs> yeah, it it was uh, after Galen's memory, the one that ends in the hug, where um, Kieran's like, uh, "Then I felt a shadow slip over my souls, a feeling like the world had dimmed just the tiniest amount." I threw myself to the side as Valkaroth appeared and began to attack. He seemed angry for some reason. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you annoyed that people might actually be decent? And then Valkaroff is like, it's a lie, a self-deception at best. He didn't want to leave because he had a power base that needed to be nurtured, a power vacuum that he needed to step into, and because he didn't want to hand over the High Lord position. This wasn't about altruism. This was about survival. And, like, that doesn't seem like the truth at all from Galen's chapter. Like, I feel like anybody reading those chapters could see that Galen does not want to be high Lord. Yeah, especially because you're yeah. in his head. Like, the, that's the way these, like, memories are working. It's like, they're from each, like, the point of view. So, yeah, like, he, like, because, yeah, you can tell, like, he's immediately like, no, no, fuck no, I don't want to be the High Lord. This is terrible. Like, no. Yeah, and I think it's a testament to the good character work that has been like carried through the books that we haven't seen Galen in a while. He's come up in mentions, but like here's Galen back on the scene and the scene work with the um, speech at the funeral and then the attack in the carriage, those all like do good work showing us that he's like, he's not careful of himself, but he works to protect others. And, like, it just doesn't, it, it just doesn't square with what Valkaroth is saying. And, you know, even the Prince of Demons can be wrong. Yeah, like, while some of the stuff Valkaroth could be said to be true, it does feel like him uh, taking Terraith isn't just, a, like, a, a move to show his power over Kirin. But also, sort of like a oh, I I have to change. This might not go my way if we keep doing this memory thing back and forth. Um, so I I have to change the game basically. Yeah, like I'm he, curious he, he, how. Good. Uh, I'm curious how much of that he Velcroth is actually in control of because it also seems like Tarith kind of succumbed to like his own internal despair. Like it didn't necessarily have a lot to do with the extra like it might have been the straw that broke the camel's back but like he realized his mother had maybe never loved him and had betrayed Mm -hmm. him and he killed her you know like his world turned upside down the person he loves is 
you know, dead. And yeah, it's a lot. So I don't, I don't know. My my read is that like when people you know reach that moment, that despair moment, that's when Volkaroth is able to like reach out and yank them into uh, the dark, the dark world. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so I think that's also like part of why he Volkerath is picking the memories he's picking, right? Because he's like, he's also trying to like bring up everybody's worst moments so that he can take them off the board. Mm-hmm. Did you notice anything about Therese's prison memory? Uh, familiar about it? Because I did. What did you notice? Um, Speak, friend. Uh, every uh, a ritual in which everybody. That Terath knows, uh, dead or around them, while a loved one stabs him with a sword. Sounds a lot like the ritual that created Valkaroff to begin with, with the with Godkiller. Okay. okay, that is a good point. Okay, yeah. So that's like I wonder if it's like Valkaroff, you know, taking Terath's own, you know problems and insecurities and, and dark thoughts, but also like grafting it onto Volkaroth's own experiences to a certain degree. Well, it's like if the if the ritual had gone through in memory of souls, all those people around because the 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 ritual of night not only kills the person during the ritual, but kills uh, I think you need like eight eight powerful sorcerers in order to, and they also die, mm-hmm. which is also, uh, you know, goes along with the theme of you know creating the eight immortals, creating the eight dragons. It just seems to be happening over and over again. So, Terafe's, you know, prison memory is, uh, both what would have happened in the last book if uh you know it had gone through because all the people surrounding him that his are his loved ones that are dead would also have been the eight you know the eight sort like the most yeah. powerful people around him and then you have you know um Kamezra killing him over and over again with the god killer so it's both, you know, um, repeating the. It's both telling us what would have happened if the ritual had gone through, while at the same time being like, "Oh, look at the similarities between this ritual and the ritual that created uh, Valkara." Nice, good catch. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about like mirroring the idea of like sacrifice right because also you know if someone had asked Kieran to sacrifice himself during that first ritual he totally would have done it like he's totally Mr. Me first not in a bad way in a like you know I'll draw their fire and Thane also is really like Rilla Spar she'd sacrifice her own son but she wouldn't like put herself in in that position Kieran's that way but is Sarek that way I think Sarek was pretty self-sacrificing. They didn't know that the ritual to turn them into like the the quote unquote gods was even going to work. So, I'd, I'd I'd be willing to protect like my interstellar refugees on a new planet, but not literally forever. <laughs> like they volunteered to do it forever. <laughs> Gotta let me retire. Hmm. So I feel like I feel like he and, and Karen are pretty I don't know what's the word continuous contiguous. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what parts of Karen that we know are not like Sarek. Uh, I mean Sarek was like a military man, right? So like, Yeah, that was my first yeah, thought. Yeah, like I think he was he was uh uh not like you know, Kieran lived outside the law and was a thief. And uh, yeah, was, and like, I'm pretty Sarek sure Sarek was like took uh, part in genocide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sarek was like yeah the the society. We live in a society guy. 
Yeah, uh, for those who play Magic the Gathering, very like white red turns very red something else. Sure. Don't make red, me do black. color theory. I'm not that good at it. Will Kieran be red black because of uh, Valkara? Maybe. I feel like there's also some solid, like, I don't know, green, like, no, that's not true. I don't know. Yeah, probably red-black. Maybe a little blue. Anyway, this has been, Christina doesn't know what she's actually talking about, Corner. The other big thing we know about Sarah is that he was Bellasar's brother. Like, I think that that is such a defining thing for both of them, like... And, you know, we know that Rolosvar always felt jealous of Sarek. So, it, it, like, because, like, because people loved him. Not because mm-hmm. he was, like, the smartest or the bravest or the best at magic. Just because, like, people liked him. Because he wasn't, probably because he wasn't a dick. <laughs> like, Rolosvar. Yeah. All right, now let us rank all the brothers. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran and Galen, probably yeah, yeah. number number one. Top, yeah. top tier, yeah. Tarek and Ravark, probably bottom tier. Yeah. Uh, there's all of the uh, the June Duke June's kids. Yeah, he had like three boys. They all kind of not suck. a huge fan. Yeah, not my favorite. Uh, I'm pretty sure some of the dragons are siblings. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Tarif and Sharanik are brothers. Mm. <laughs> Probably Bob Tier too. Uh, Baelosh yeah. too, I think. I think. I can't remember I which one's well, which. No, wait, isn't Thervishar and Baelosh? Uh, no, because I, I no. thought. Wow. I think Baelosh might be Thervishar's uncle. Well, I and Eric is Kieran's. Daughter. Kieran's daughter, but doesn't that mean that she's related to somebody else? Therefore, uh, I don't know. She's really too complicated. Niece. Yeah. What's Drahemia? Drahemia, I don't think is related to anybody. Drahemia was. Mm. <laughs> that's a that's oh. a Discord spoiler. Okay, okay. Oh, dragons! Dragons automatically at the bottom of the sibling list. <laughs> Is there anything else from... I don't think so. It was mostly the Galen Cone stuff. Setting that up. Yeah, there was a lot of yelling, but it didn't amount yeah. to a lot. It's, it's a lot of, like, great bottle episode moments when, like, five people tell Talon to shut up all at once. I, I will never get tired of that part, yeah. <laughs> this, this book, <laughs> at times, has the same energy that the bottle episode of Community has. I was just thinking that. I like it so much. Yes. Because it's like, Mm. everybody's like kind of bickering, but then they'll all come together to yell at someone. It's great. It's And it like, it is that very much needed comedic relief in the middle of what is a bunch of really depressing shit a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Is there anything about Kalindra's chapter that we haven't already discussed? Like, she goes to Devor... And she agrees to it specifically because she says there's some place that she... Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. She doesn't know why uh, Thane refuses to bring Jareth back. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't know that because Jareth is now a demon that that Thane can't bring Jareth back. Which is heartbreaking in itself that yeah, because she actually loved him. Yeah, and now she's like in a situation of emotional distress of why why was Galen brought back but not Jareth? Why would Thane not do this? I do like the, the scene with her and Galen where she's like, she's like, do you know why we started hanging out with you? Because I thought you were fucking sad all the time and your brother wouldn't shut up for the yeah, six months we were banging we... about how sad he felt about leaving you. Mm. How he was going to break down the walls of Kor to, like, save you. Yeah, yeah that was a pretty That's nice gotta moment. be some strange uh, cuddling talk. Like, yeah. <laughs> Seems very Kieran, though, let's be real. Mm-hmm. And also very Island of Assassins, right? It's just kind of <laughs> like, so what are you in for? Who are you gonna murder? 
What what terrible sins are on your hands? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's all I got for these. Yeah, it, it felt substantial, but it's still a lot of scene setting. Yeah, I do like that cone when uh, Terrace collapses. It takes him a second, but Cone remembers about Janelle's seeming dead when yes. she's sleeping and realizing that this might not be as it seems. Yeah, and then that's... Yeah, I think Janelle eventually explains. Like, that is basically what happened, but instead of, like, the souls going to the afterlife, they're somewhere with Volcaro. Which is not Which ideal. Which terrifying. Yeah, not great. How would you want? I also, like... They're like, well, you know, eventually he'll, he'll die of dehydration, of starvation. Oh, right. It's like, oh, can't you just use wild heart? It's like, how many cornerstones do people have? <laughs> they all hold up three fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor Calindra, honestly. Like, she really wasn't too deep into the, like, it's like the, the gods and magic of all of this up until, like, right now, basically. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like, oh, Okay, I have a lot to catch up on. Remember book one when this started with thieves in a city? Right, fighting one cornerstone. Right, and now they have three. Yeah. Yeah, power creep. Oops. Yeah. It's all happened. Okay, well. I'm trying to think of anything else. Yeah, I think it, that's kind it of... It basically ends with uh, them figuring out how to send memories back towards them and Cone is the first to step up and send his memory. Alright, can I quatch about something though? I think this book also should have been called Memory of Souls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean House of Always is a oh. fine name, but like I never liked that title for <laughs> the previous one. Like I get it, it's fine. I accept it. I still like the book. I just feel like it should have been, like, a horny jungle murder. <laughs> but the last book was all about uh, Kieran and Janelle remembering their past lives. That, like, that awakens in them in, no, in the last I book. Know. And you, it's, I'm glad you brought this up, because <laughs> I feel like there is a line that might have been cut from the book where Shaloran says uh, she has a line where she goes, um, there's a word for what um, for what we call spirits that don't move on. And then she goes, and there's a word for the house that they occupy. And I was like, oh, is that what, what, what the house of always is? <laughs> that's, I, that's a good point. I... I if we ever uh, interview Jen Lyons again, I'm sure that might happen. I would be curious to ask why this book is called The House of Always. I mean, I kind of assume it's like Shadrach Gora's the place where you go yeah. and you live your entire life and then you come back out and it's been two and a half minutes. Just like, I don't know. That's what I always assumed. I guess now that I'm thinking about it, it doesn't have to be. I mean, I remember when the title of the book got out, so I was like, oh, they're going to be spending a lot of time in Shadrach or Like, mm-hmm. pretty immediately clicked as, as, like, a, yeah, connected for me. You're much better at this. The house part makes sense, but I'm not sure about the old ones. Because <laughs> <laughs> they clearly have a limited time. <laughs> 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 The house of 20 minutes, more like. You're, Steph, uh, you should also only be the one doing the predictions. Because uh, <laughs> no. I, I heard House of Always, and I was like, oh, they're going back to the houses in core. You know, we're finally going to get to see okay. the other colors, not just blue. <laughs> Which, technically, also true. They, they do spend a little time, but I feel like it's still focused on House Devon. Yeah. I guess we get to tell us. Yeah, yeah. We- but... Number one parent award. Valkroth's prison could also be the house of always. That actually, that makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, that's true yeah. too. Cool. Alright, well, what are y'all reading? Josh? Hold on, I can't remember the title. Uh, it's a T. Kingfisher book. 
that involves another dimension. But now I can't remember the title. Oh, the Twisted Ones. Um, Steph and I are, like, going through the long, long list. Is it the Twisted Ones? Is that the one where they find, uh... Hollow places? uh, The one where she's cleaning out the house? The museum? Oh, that's the Hollow Places. Yes, I'm reading The Hollow Places by T. Kingfisher. And I like it. Nice. I was... I was worried at first because it had a very similar beginning to the House of Good Bones with a lot of not happening and a lot of quips. And then it gets spooky very quickly. (laughs) And it was, um, I'm not finished with it, but I'm I'm like 80% finished with it. And I just got to the part where she realizes her dreams are happening in real life, where she's clawing at the um, the wall that they had plastered over. Yes. And uh, the whole, I can't remember his name, the park ranger that they meet in the water. That was, that was scary. That's definitely the one I find scariest, yeah. It's the most like Lovecraft. Like, sorry, I shouldn't say Lovecraftian. We don't. We're not a big fan of that. It's guy. it's cosmic cosmic. Uh, cosmic horror or yeah, Southern cosmic <laughs> is a thing that I'm trying to make happen. I mean, that's definitely not going to make happen, but like Southern Gothic, except yeah, yeah I like it. And then I'm also still reading uh, "Before They Are Hanged" by Joe Abercrombie in my yearly, uh, not yearly, but my yearly your planned rereading of all the Joe Abercrombie books. Um, am I reading anything else? I think that's it. Steph, what about you? What are you reading? I'm reading Empire of Exile still. I just finished Raw Dog by Jamie Loftus. And I'm going to start going to get back into another one that I've been poking around at for a while. And then we have a new Emily Tesh book coming out soon do for the show, so I'm going to start that soon as well. Oh, yeah. I just started that. I like it so far. Excellent. Um, but by so far, I mean the first two pages, but hey. <laughs> it's a good sign. Yeah. Are you reading anything else? Um, I am reading um, right, Mavefly, uh, which is a horror novel. I'm also not super far into that, and it's suppo- like, all the like early press for it's like it's super gross and it's super like weird and I'm it's usually not my jam but I'm trying it to try to see how it goes so it's well written can say that much so yeah okay you can follow the podcast on uh the no page podcast is our twitter I can't even remember (laughs) no page pod no page podcast should know this or you can follow any of us steph is at steph o'kingston yeah i do each other's uh christina is at oladdy girl wait now just it, just... <laughs> it is no page podcast Great. and uh so you can follow the podcast at no page podcast and you can follow me at four or five oh, wits on up. twitter <laughs> so and also follow me on twitch where i'll streaming games. Probably not talking about books, probably talking about wrestling. Although it's not too <laughs> hard to get Josh onto the subject of books if you chat him, so. Yeah. Yes. Or wrestling, if that's yeah. more your jam. It is much easier to game and talk about wrestling at the same time <laughs> than it is to talk about the game and fair, talk about books fair. at the same time. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Alright. Thanks, everybody. Books! Books! Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. You can now find us on Blue Sky at No Page Unturned. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and our cover art is by Mango You Art. 